Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Put your financing management on autopilot mode through the platform, and we will take care of the rest. That's pretty much what, what we do. So we've got our own internal complexities in our operations. And through Currency Cloud, we've automated those operations. I think we've reduced our cost of operation in no exaggeration, about 98%. And at some point we said, well, if, if we are taking advantage of the service, why don't we pass it on to the benefit of our clients, right? If the needs are multi-currency or cross-border, our lending solution needs to be cross-border, obviously. When you work at a bank, things work, right? And you execute. When you work at a startup, it's not that like things don't work, it's that they simply don't exist. First, you need to develop them, and then you need to make them work. I was living in Hong Kong when I got my first royalty check for Draken, my pulpy action adventure novel, which is still available as a free download on Amazon and for a small fee in other formats. That check was written in US dollars, about 120 of them. We're not talking Stephen King numbers, I'm afraid. Now, the Hong Kong dollar is pegged to the US dollar at about 7.5 to 1. So that 120 US dollars should have netted me about 900 Hong Kong dollars. And yet, by the time the various commissions and fees and exchange rate differentials had been taken out of that transaction, I don't think I saw 700. It wasn't an issue for me because writing Draken, again, available as a free download on Amazon, was a hobby published for the experience of doing so, rather than any expectation of income. But that's no way to run a business. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Jorge Jutner, Head of Business Development at Ritmo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ben, and good morning. Jorge, you've got a strong background in investment banking, both in terms of your education and your early career, before you pivoted to join a months-old startup. So let's follow that same path here in the introduction. I, th- I think I was as lost as anyone at the age of 15 to 20. Uh, but I was lucky enough to have very good teachers in high school in uh, economics. And I always had sort of a genuine interest in all money-related uh, matters. So I went in to study economics. And then throughout the university, it came clear that I could do three things, either teach, go into policymaking as an economist, or into banking. And back then, I had a, a need to pay bills. So I decided to go into banking. It was sort of a natural step after my bachelor after my CFA. Well, you've even mentioned there, you know, a natural step, but you had this very strong corporate resume in your pocket. But instead of going off to join one of the other big international brands that no doubt would have snapped you up, you joined Ritmo and it was only two or three months old at the time. So that leads me to two overlapping questions. One, who is Ritmo very quickly? But then also, 
you joined in those very earliest days of the business, really of the idea, I suppose. So what excited you enough to say, I'm going to take this leap of faith? I promised my boss that I wouldn't join another bank. I, I worked for JP Morgan, which I still consider to be the, the best bank in, in the world. And I was quite happy there. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't join anyone else. But one of the senior bankers I used to work with was a founder at Ritmo. So he, he left the bank to launch the business. And I felt, why not give it a chance to actually be at the forefront of changing finance, right? I mean, you're single, you don't have a family, you don't have a mortgage, and you've got a chance to contribute to the development of finance from the core. So why not do it, right? And so I decided to leave. And what, what does Ritmo actually do? So it was born as a classic revenue-based financing platform, as was the case with many other players around the time that we were born, just given that rates were ultra low. We have since then pivoted to an alternative lending platform for SMEs. So that includes online and offline retailers, but also or, or other type of, of SME businesses. And it's an alternative lending platform. So we provide credit in a more flexible way than traditional finance providers do. And we try to do so with a technological uh, approach and with a digital process. When you made that move, what did it feel like when you were on the ground and in the startup, maybe a few months in and you've had a time to settle? How was the experience of being in those early stages of the business versus your days at JP Morgan? I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to be, to be on the ground, developing things from scratch. You develop creativity. You are constantly facing challenges that you are not prepared for and that nobody in your organization is prepared for or has thought of before, right? So that's fun, I guess, if you like those challenges and overcome the, the friction. And then it really comes down to your personality, right? It's less secure, but at the same time, you feel a lot more ownership. When, when you achieve things, you've got a much stronger sense of pride and, and success than, than when doing so in a bank where you're actually achieving success for someone else. Quite different, both interesting, but quite different, yeah. Yeah, and obviously that doesn't always work out, but with Ritmo, it seems to be working out really, really well. In the two years since you've joined, it's generated significant growth, awards and plaudits. And I've seen in some of these articles Ritmo described as the financial ally of digital companies in phases of growth. Financial ally you know, doesn't always mean lending, but obviously lending is a big part of that. So you gave us a little taster, but let's return to, to that. And where does lending fit into the current version of the Ritmo business? And who and how are you doing that lending work? When we speak about success, we changed our focus about a year and a half ago towards the platform concept. And that was a big, big shift, right? Because all alternative lending platforms were profitable when rates were at zero. <laughs> the minute they started to go up, most of them are going bust. The reason I think that, that we are not is, and, and obviously we didn't do this um, anticipating that this was going to happen, but rather it was just our strategic focus at the time. We decided to cover the full spectrum of working capital of our clients, right? So we started as hey, we get cheap money, we lend it digitally to clients. But then as we interacted with those clients and we recognized that they had a broad range of needs, we decided to cover the whole spectrum. And that includes payment, it includes reconciliation, it includes connection with the supplier, it includes a, a, a lot of other things, right? So we moved from, hey, how can I give you money 
to how can I simplify your operations through money, right? And how can I make your financial operations simpler, smoother, and more effective and efficient through money? So lending is obviously at our core. We've got a, a broad range of financing solutions, starting from invoice financing, growth capital financing, instant payout or merchant cash advance. And the whole idea is saying, hey, let put your financing management on autopilot mode through the platform and with a strong technological focus or platform-based focus rather than email exchange and sending invoices and this and that, and we will take care of the rest. That's pretty much what, what we do. So we, we started with e-commerce businesses just because there was a boom around e-commerce following COVID, but then e-commerce businesses are retailers. If they've got an, a working capital constraint or issue, there is high chances that other retailers have a similar problem, right? With a with a similar capital structure. And that's when we open up the market for a broader range of, of potential clients. Yeah, and I may be mischaracterizing this a bit, but to me, it's got a lot of the good side of the embedded finance wave that we've been having as well. But where embedded finance tends to come from somebody who provided a service saying, well, I can embed some financing within that. People just want these problems solved for them. And you're kind of creating a same sort of experience as embedded finance, but starting from the finance side and then embedding out the, the services, expanding out the services. Yeah. In fact, we use embedded finance partners for different parts of our value proposition, but we are also embedded ourselves in platforms that offer our service as embedded finance, right? So our focus is not so much on embed or not embed or who embeds where. It's about... How can you combine existing technologies into a single platform that at the end of the day looks to to simplify operations for the end client, right? We've always said in the lending world, we love data. And sure, it's got data, but the data you're working with is a very different type of data now. And so it takes a different type of mindset. You're not saying, have you paid your last X number of months of invoices and doing a traditional credit check? You need to understand these businesses, you need to understand what the retailer is doing. So talk to me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. What do you look at when you make a decision to advance financing in this world? How is it different from a world of FICO scores or Dun & Bradstreet data on on a corporate? Yeah, that's spot on, right? I mean, the, the key is what data you look at, how you process it, how fast you process it, and how you come up with underwriting based on that data. Okay, and, and that, that's sort of the, the approach we have. The typical client that joins our platform will register and give basic data on their businesses and then connect as many accounts as possible. When I say accounts, I'm referring to open banking, PSPs, to your marketplaces if you've got, to your sales accounts. And in minutes, we build our own PL and balance sheet from the data that we extract so we can. Actually, often clients, they only reconcile balance sheets by the end of the year or maybe quarterly and so on. We have real-time balance sheets of our client, and that is processed, paired obviously with credit reports from third parties, payment delays, information from suppliers, et cetera, et cetera, to come up and say, okay, this is your working capital cycle. This is your reliability. This is how much we can lend and for what time horizon. And to the extent possible, that is all done through APIs from our different information providers so that we can be as agile as possible in providing an answer. Yeah, and what excites me so much about this space is if I think back to when I started my 
SME lending was seen as the the dull side of the industry because there was so little data and the data you had was so old and it was very much more about an accounting principles than you know data science whereas all of a sudden these APIs have just opened up this view into companies that is so big and so fast that it really is where all the excitement is happening now with data that's far beyond now what's available in the consumer world sure with open banking, we can start doing this with consumers, you know, seeing consumers' incomings and outgoings. But yeah, definitely an interesting space for lenders to to be exploring. Yeah, yeah. And it also allows us to extract information on their behavior. And we got information on their invoices and we can reconcile the time it goes between the invoices raised until the invoice is paid. So all those sort of things are also taken into account when we underwrite clients now, the next step for us, and that's what we're working on now, is how can you connect the second side of the equation, which is your suppliers or your commercial partners, right? Because at the end of the day, we've got so much information on the client, sometimes more than they even know about themselves, that if we can leverage that to make the client be more reliable at the eyes of the supplier and connect both sides of the transaction and cover the whole value chain of the same, well, obviously, it, it makes a, a business for ourselves but it also provides a lot of value to both the client and the supplier. Ritmo is a, a Madrid-based fintech, but your clients aren't restricted to Spain by any means. So to what extent does cross-border lending impact your strategy and impact the business uh, as a whole? In our case, there is two aspects to that, right? The first is the international needs of our client. So our client can be a retailer based in France or in Mexico that has suppliers in the Southeast Asia, or even in, within Europe or whatever, and that then goes and sells merchandise in Europe, in the US, Canada, Mexico, UK, whatever. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But they need to report everything at the end of the day in their local currency to the authorities and, and so that they can pay taxes in their local currency, right? So you can see a single client can easily be exposed to, I don't know, four or five different currencies at the same time. So that's one aspect of it. If the needs are multi-currency or cross-border, our lending solution needs to be cross-border, obviously, because we are trying to solve that pain. But then internally for ourselves, we are based in Spain. We've got our SPV in Luxembourg. We've got lending partners in the US, in the UK, and Europe. And we've got clients in LATAM, in the UK, and in Europe, right? So our own internal operation requires a lot of cross-border transactions for ourselves. 
Yeah, and it's a, a situation that I would say even 10 years ago would have required a huge international bank to try and envisage a small startup business taking on this sort of problem would have been impossible. And one of the ways it's certainly been helped is by the likes of Currency Cloud, because it's not just you and I on the show today. We also have our friends from Currency Cloud who we'll speak to in a minute. But before we do, perhaps you can sort of set us up a bit by talking me through what Currency Cloud does for you in the space. Put it simply, Currency Cloud has allowed us to think of how can 10x or 20x look like rather than 10% growth, right? It moves from how can you really scale your financing operations through uh, infrastructure and technology, which we didn't have and we could not develop ourselves. We've got our own internal complexities in our operations. And through Currency Cloud, we've automated those operations. And at some point we said, well, if, if we are taking advantage of the service, why don't we pass it on to the benefit of our clients, right? And that's when, when they come in. Clients upload invoices on our platform or they or the platform receives invoices directly from the supplier. And once the client signs their debt acceptance, the Currency Cloud infrastructure allows us to cover the full cycle of executing that lending contract, completing the payments, and then uh, initiating and completing the repayments of the loan without any human interaction. So that means... I think we've reduced our cost of operation in no exaggeration, about 98%, just because we were doing about 40 or 50 operations per year. Two years ago, we are doing over 3,000 per month financing, individual financing operations per month now. So you can imagine, and our operations team is smaller now than it was back then. And it's through the API and the payments infrastructure that Currency Cloud offers. And then on the other side, our clients have needs by selling in different currencies and in different countries. And the collection of those sales in local currencies is a huge challenge for them as well, which we can solve through Currency Cloud as they've got local collection capabilities in different currencies. And the fact that those local collection capabilities can be embedded on our platform, the client has a smooth experience by signing up on our platform. They see their accounts. They can connect those accounts to their payout platforms and collect the sales in local currency directly on, on, on their own accounts. So internal operations, uh, accounts payable automation, and then account receivables automation as well. Yeah, and I'm not going to mention my, my bank's name, but I can't even receive US dollar payments into my British account here at the moment, <laughs> which is a wonderful way to welcome you to the show, Maggie Gemmel. You work with Ritmo, but also all the other Lentech and Paytech clients at Currency Cloud. And when we first met... I thought I knew what Currency Cloud did, but as I've learned more, I've seen I was missing a big piece of the picture. So if you don't mind, would you help bring me up to date with a full scope of what Currency Cloud does and where lending fits in that picture? Thanks, Brendan. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show, especially alongside a current client of ours. So in terms of what Currency Cloud does, we're a platform for embedded cross-border money movement. What that means in uh, technical terms, I suppose, is that we're a suite of 77 modular APIs that allow banks, fintechs, and obviously lenders to move money around the world. At the moment, Currency Cloud has over 500 customers, and this ranges from global tier one banks to seed level startups. And we're really proud of the diverse nature of our customer base. And what the whole team is really focused on is how we can ensure that we've got the correct products and the correct people to enable our customers to be as successful as possible. So I work in the lending team and I'm responsible for new business sales. And Ritmo obviously is one of our clients. 
what we can really do for lenders is that we can give them access to our global banking connections via a single integration. What sort of lenders are we talking about here? Is there a sort of a niche? Yeah, it's actually pretty broad. We've obviously got invoice finance lenders, buy now, pay later lenders, working capital lenders, essentially currency cloud services, anyone that's got a cross-border need. So that could be a lender that has a cross-border transaction within a loan cycle, or if there was a lender who was based in multiple jurisdictions and just wanted to manage all of their multi-currency needs via a single integration. You could have an invoice finance lender that needs to pay out to an SME business in the UK, but then receive a repayment back from a debtor in euros. So what Currency Cloud can do is facilitate the local payout in GBP to their SME customer and then receive a local collection back in in euros from, let's say, France in this example, and then manage the eventual currency conversion back from euros to GBP once everything is reconciled on that lender's book. Yeah, and I think initially that was the like the, the obvious part I had not thought of. I tend to perhaps get a bit fixated with the, the front end of lending. And while we do have increasingly a number of companies around the world doing cross-border lending, there's exponentially many more who lend just within their market, but who have supplies and bank accounts they need to take money in and out of. When it comes to that, what is it about Currency Cloud that is bringing these lenders yeah, to you. I 100% agree with your, your full statement there. And I think just on, on the point you were making previously around SMEs being more globalized, that's absolutely why Currency Cloud is, is winning in this space. What's really important for a lender is that they can pay out and collect in all of the currencies that their customers would need to operate in um, so that they are giving their customers the best possible service, but also so that those payments and repayments can happen quickly you know, lenders can sometimes take a long time to reconcile loan repayments. In terms of what attracts lenders to Currency Cloud, I think it's our ability to give them access to new markets, whether that's lending in multiple currencies, as we've already discussed, or a lender that maybe wants to move to a new jurisdiction. And instead of actually setting up that banking infrastructure themselves, they can just use Currency Cloud to manage banking connections around the world on their behalf. We've got a, a brilliant banking team here at Currency Cloud who is managing all of those very, very complicated relationships. And then the lenders can obviously focus on on what they do best, which is providing a, a wonderful service to their customers. Yeah, and I think there's within that also some risk benefits that when we think about collecting money from from people that owe it to us, we want it to be as easy as possible for them to send us our money. And you could see how they would pay the locals but not bother with all the hoops you used to have to jump through to get money abroad. Whereas if you can create a simple process that links that up, you get rid of those those hurdles. You make it just as easy to pay you as a foreigner as it would be to pay you as a local. That's going to ease up your collections processes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Maggie, you've got a, a rare bird's eye view of this alternative lending space as so it would be remiss of me if I didn't take this opportunity just to pick your brain a bit. Are there any particular trends you're seeing that those of us in the broader industry should maybe be paying closer attention to? Of course. So um, the, the biggest trend I've seen in, in the 18 months that I've been working at Currency Cloud is just around traditional lenders essentially diversifying their product offering. So whether that's a prepaid card or a neobank proposition or perhaps an ARAP platform that wants to embed lending into their services as well rather than a startup going to market with one product 
they're actually going to, to market with multiple products to ensure that their customers have as much choice as possible. Obviously, we've seen the trend of cross-border increasing as well. We do live in a more globalized world. SMEs are doing business abroad more and more frequently, and they need to ensure that their lending provider can pay out and collect in as many currencies as possible. Another thing I'm seeing quite a bit as well is emerging markets. Um, and I think this is something that is it's so interesting to watch. So, for example, Egypt and India are booming in terms of B2B lending. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what happens in those markets and the types of innovation that the companies that, that are setting up there are looking to do. And then the third thing I'm seeing is just the embedded lending market and how it's expanded and how it's continuing to expand over the next five to 10 years. I think I actually read an article recently uh, from Oracle about how the embedded lending market is eventually going to be worth over $7 trillion in the next 10 years. So I think we're just going to see more and more startups doing really well because there's just still so much opportunity in this market, which I think is untapped and really exciting to see Ritmo and everything that they're doing. And uh, it's, it's great to be kind of on the journey with them. It's that area that had a vacuum of innovation, it feels like, for so long. And all of a sudden, all at once, we've had several technologies arrive in the field that give you this bird's eye view. But it means the incumbent banks don't necessarily have people employed with the skills to interpret that data. And it means startups can emerge and can take this data on without needing these massive operations we would have had in the past. And yeah, I'm, I'm just expecting a lot of innovation here as well. But as we said, Maggie, it's not just for those people on the cutting edge. Almost all lenders have some exposure to to cross-border transactions. So if anyone listening would like to start that conversation, see what Currency Cloud can do for them, what's a good way for them to get a hold of you or to learn more about Currency Cloud's products and services? Yes, absolutely. So our website is www.currencycloud.com. Anyone interested can also just reach out to me directly, Maggie Gemmel, and I can be found via LinkedIn. So yeah, we'd just love it if any lenders looking to integrate a cross-border payment solution into their platform should reach out to us and the team over here can show you exactly what our suite of 77 modular APIs can do. Great. And Jorge, I'm going to jump back to you to wrap up. You talked about Ritmo as both an embedder and uh, someone being embedded. So there are lots of relationships potentially that people could be interested in discussing with you. If people wanted to learn more about Ritmo and its story, or people wanted to speak to you about getting involved, what's a good place for them to go? If it's a potential client uh, looking for financing, they can register on our website and within hours, they should have been contacted by someone in the team. If they want to discuss potential business collaborations or partnerships, I'm happy to to help. My email is jorge at getritmo.com, but I'm also reach reachable to LinkedIn. Jorge Jutner is the, is the name on LinkedIn, but I'm happy to help and distribute uh, the, the request or the ask or the, or the question to whomever is, is more relevant. Excellent. And I'll, I'll put links to, to all of those for both of you in the show notes as well, if anyone wants to get the easy way to do that. Um, Jorge, one last thing then as we, we look forward, you've seen and helped to create a tremendous amount of change and growth over the last two years with Ritmo. What is keeping your attention as you, you look ahead to, well, I guess we're getting late in the year. So as we look towards next year. I think it's from our perspective to add as much value to clients as possible by covering 
as many parts of their financing or financial operations chain as possible, right? I think the cheap money is not on the table anymore. So playing on, on, on interest rate margin is, I don't think there's a lot of success on that front. Now, being able to capture the value from the whole financial operation, so payment, paying, receiving, converting, lending, repaying, if you're able to cover that full spectrum, everything money related on a single platform, then you're in business. And that's what we're going to try to do and where we're going to continue to put focus. Yeah, great words to close. I think there are a lot of places within these businesses we can get real value and, and you're showing that. So yeah, to both of you, to Jorge, to Maggie, thank you so much for joining me. Really happy to have heard from both hey, of you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was it was great to uh, explain a little, little bit more about what we do and to hear a bit more about Brentmo's story as well. Thank you, Brendan. And thank you, Maggie. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn, where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again next Thursday. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 